Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, my next guest is the mother of three, wife of one, business owner, owner, farmer, and all around great human, California State Assemblywoman Megan Daly. Welcome, Megan. Thank you for having me. You, Megan, represents the uh, District 1, which covers the nine rural counties in Northeastern California. As a Republican, she represents the 1st State Assembly District, specifically Modoc, Lassen, Shasta, Siskiyou, Nevada, Sierra, Plumas, Partial Butte, and Placer counties. Now, I got to ask you, what about that other part of Butte County that you don't represent? Are they just, do they just not like you? (laughs) You just, there's too many people. Okay, so they just so taken, they cut well, you off. Yeah, that cuts us off. I take in like Megalia area. Um, with redistricting coming up, though, we'll see. All the counties will look a little bit, or all the districts will look a little different soon with redistricting. Gotcha. Well, thank you again for being here. I appreciate you taking the time to kind of share your story. Um, tell tell us, tell me, how long have you been in this office? Um, what what inspired you to run for it? And then uh, we'll kind of go from there. So I just finished my first complete session. So starting January, I ran for uh, in the special election when Brian won the Senate seat. It's kind of a long process, but he ran in a special election for the Senate. Um, When I made the decision, then when he won, it threw it into another special election. And um, so November, last November, I was, I won in the general election, was sworn in and started my first full session in January. But then I had, that was finishing out the remainder of that term. So now I'm back on the ballot, was on the ballot again in March and now again in November to serve two full years. So um, assembly seats are two-year um, terms, uh, Senate are four years. So Brian will be on the ballot this November for the last time. So he will term out after those four years. You can do 12 years in either house or combination of assembly and Senate. So my decision to run came from the last eight years I have been heavily involved with the district and Brian was a, a assembly Republican leader for a year. And I traveled with him throughout the state and just really dug into races throughout the state and just what does it look like to be effective, like truly effective in your district. And for us, what that looks like is actually doing the work of your constituents. So we kind of had a dream of what would it look like if you had a a team of assembly and Senate Senator that worked together wholeheartedly for the best entrance interest of your constituents. So when um, we looked around and I just already knew I could step into the job with very little um, startup, I guess, because I already had all those relationships with members across the aisle. We'd had 120 members to the district over those years, bringing them into Siskiyou County, tour the forest, Tahoe, many to our home. I already had those existing relationships and 
now more than ever, I look at that and think, wow, it really was necessary to just be able to step right into this job. And yes, there is some learning curve as far as, you know, on the floor and, and, you know, going through the bills with my staff, but, um, I just had a huge leg up on what it, what it already looks like. And now with COVID and wildfires, the urgency to continue that work that Brian started is even more important. Did you ever have anybody, you know, giving you grief? Cause, Oh, well, you're just the wife of a celebrity, <laughs> yeah. you know, Oh yeah. What qualifications oh, and, and, do you have? Yeah. How oh, did yeah. that play out? Of course. Oh yeah. Of course. You're just, your husband handed it out oh, all kinds of just um, mean I had people leave me messages that say, stay home with your children, call our home and say, stay home with your children. Oh, like, Oh, this is really interesting. And the era that we live in that women, you know, we, we talk so much about how women should rise and what they should do. And, you know, of course, anyone that knows us knows that we've built this together on every front and anyone that I, you know, friends or colleagues that we had in, in the Senate and the assembly would say, Oh, come on. That's just real. I'm like, no, this is real. Like, this is a real thing that they feel like we've just, you know, but Brian went through a really nasty Senate race, very nasty Senate race. And I think after that, I'm, I have like alligator skin. You have to really. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, it's not personal because they don't know you. Yeah. They don't know me. And, just they don't know our inner, and if you know us, I mean, you truly know who we are. You know that, I mean, we've almost been married for 22 years and everything we've built, we've built together. And we started out in the single wide trailer <laughs> on his parents' property, you know, and- um, That's a classic rags to riches show or story right there. Yeah, I mean, and, and everything, you know, even with um, talking with our kids and like, look around, like you're, this is not, this is what they know, right? And I mean, we have a nice home and we have, you know, but the thing is, is, we've built that from literally from, you know, saved money and bought a backhoe and just started, you know, ended up buying our ranch from Brian's mom when his dad passed away. I mean, nothing has been, if you know us, you know, we didn't, nothing was gifted to us. <laughs> we yeah. worked for everything. So, and well, that's fine. I mean, you do in this, in this world, if you don't know who you are, like really who you are, you'll get tossed to and fro. You might not ever get out of bed, honestly. It's, yeah, you may get molded by those who think they know you. Yeah, absolutely. And they think they know. And I'm starting to push back some because this is not, I truly believe that this is where I'm supposed to be right now. But this is not the end all of my, I tell people all the time, my big goal is raise amazing humans that will, you know, produce in the world someday and be part of solutions and I think we're doing that and it's my biggest the dash in between you know on your tombstone is going to be our children and the legacy relief right well it's funny you say I mean I, I remember when I was when Brian did that town hall at a church yes a year <laughs> and a half ago or so mm -hmm. I remember getting into discussions with people about yeah, they were just, they were just, they, I mean, they, they wanted his head on a platter. It was crazy yep. things that they were saying. I'm like, and I said, well, I, I kind of know this guy, you know, we grew up together and it was wife and it was family and all these things you're saying, that's not who this guy is, but they, they don't care. Yeah. They just don't care. And they're not willing to put the time in to, you know, figure it out. They just, 
if people are angry and I get it, they can hide behind their keyboards and, and blast, but yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, good God fearing people that do this to each other. Well, and you know, as much as we hear so much throughout like traveling and we need more, we need people to rise up. We need people to run for office that aren't doing it for, you know, to further their own agenda or to make money or, you know, we need all this. And then to really watch, and it's, you know, it's not just us, it's other members that we know and we know them well, we know their families and, and why they got started, whether it's a supervisor, city council, whatever the level of government is that people, you know, get involved. Once you're there, it's amazing how those same people that say that to you turn on you. Those same people that will encourage you in the beginning and say, you should go out because it happened to Brian over and over and over again. You should do that. You should take on that leadership role. You should move into that position. You should go for it. And then they turn on you because you take a vote that maybe they don't understand. And I mean, I really feel like more and more right now, we need to go back to the little, you know, those little videos. I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill. I have people. House Rock. Yeah. That people send me messages about Congress a bill I voted on and I'm like, I don't go to DC. Like they maybe don't even understand how basic government works or that counties have control, which they should, I absolutely believe in local control and I don't have control over that. So it's, it's really interesting how angry people can get, but they don't even understand that the system in which they are um, a part of or if you go really crazy and look and see if they voted, <laughs> very often they don't even vote. Right. Because we have, you know, an LCMS system that you can find out, you know, you can see if someone's an actual voter or not. So. Right. Like if you can't, if you don't vote, you can't complain, which is not true. You can. But so yeah, well, I guess that leads me to my, maybe my next question is like, what, what's the biggest change? Is the biggest challenge the same now as when you were running or are there, are they different now? I mean, do you still, you know, um, do you, are people real? Are they fake? No, I think what, what, I'm, what I'm finding and I think it's really interesting is the more, um, I guess when I'm talking to people, I'm just being really bold, bold in the sense that I'm not sugarcoating things. You know, I'm just like, I, I, my office, this is not actually something I can help you with. I know you're mad. I know you're upset and we'll navigate everything we can for you, but you need to understand where, where your frustration truly has come from. And people don't like to hear things like the Democrats have have control, have had control over our state government for decades, decades. They've had ultimately the control over it. And it's really interesting that we're in a super minority, but they still point to us like we're the problem. Even though all these laws and all of these policies that have been put into place for 20 years have, this is where we are now in California, where people are leaving the state. I mean, you know, literally they don't have U-Haul inventory to and that's just true that, you know, we hear it all the time, constituents calling us, well, this is it. This is the thing that's, you know, we're, we're leaving. If it's the forced vaccinations, if, you know, the AB5, it just goes on and on, right? The high cost of living, the high cost of energy, our gas prices, the DMV fees, they get their DMV registration and they're like, well, I'm moving to Texas. 
And so you say that to Democrat colleagues and they don't, they literally don't believe you because California has been the golden state for so long that they still think that somehow we're going to keep coming out of this. And eventually, like any other bad policy, you have to face it. You have to face that we haven't been taking care of our forests and now we're burning. You know, I mean, this is, we have to face those issues. And if you say that in this office, I'm a Republican. And if I say that, they say, you shouldn't be politicizing these things. I'm not politicizing them. I'm just telling you the truth and you Thank really you. don't want to hear it. And the reality is, is when you dig deeper into these conversations in the last 10 years, have you voted in every election? Why well, vote in the presidentials? Okay, but did you vote in your local elections? Did you vote when your supervisor was up? Did you vote for your city council member? You know, these, these positions as we're finding with COVID and many other things that your local electeds are very important. They're close, they're right there. And you should be going to those meetings. You should know what's happening there. And then now everyone's upset, but they haven't been engaged. And so I'm pushing back more, I guess, a little bit on that and saying, well, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really your issue because you could put someone else in my, in the same position and they would still have their hands tied. Right. And so, um, people need to know it's like a boiling pot and we're finally boiling over <laughs> and they haven't been watching it simmer and now it's hitting and they're like, what is happening? Yeah, so people haven't been paying attention because they're just so busy trying to survive probably. Well, and they're trying to survive or, you know, I've been digging into like real discussions with conservative women in my life because I look around and think, okay, Democrat women just seem to do it better, right? They endorse each other. They hold each other up. They, you know, do all these things. And so we've been having these conversations amongst more women that I'm adding into my life and they all look and sound like me in the way that they have their same core beliefs, they're working, they have kids, they're worried about their kids in school, they're worried about their businesses, and all of these laws that come down on small businesses are hurting women-owned businesses, <laughs> which is completely the opposite of what they say when, you know, Democrats are running this legislation. This is yeah. to, you know, protect the, you know, women and but it does the complete opposite. And so in those discussions, we kind of have come to some conclusions that we've been busy. We've been building our busy, you know, building our businesses, building our families. And then all of a sudden, with all, all of this within this year, school choice has reared its head for parents that they never thought was an issue in this state. You know, the vaccination, the forced vaccinations, that has... Um, empowered a whole another group of parents that didn't see that coming. So I think it's interesting that there, I do believe there's an awakening for um, conservatives who have just been real quiet. You know, they may have voted, they may have been involved in nonprofits in their community or, um, but now they're, they're, they're seeing the real reason that we need to stay constantly involved. This is a long game. This isn't something that we're just going to get through this election and then everything's going to be okay. You know, we need to, we're not going to march the streets and burn things down. That's not what we're going to do, but we need to rise up and our voices need to be heard in such a way that you bring others along with you. So I think that's kind of where we've, well, we have, we failed in that regard. Well, it's easy to not pay attention until it affects you personally. 
And I right. get and it, and I, that. that's another, yeah, we talk about that. We talk about when these conversations, I'm like, well, you didn't, you know, you were happy with your school choice, your public school that you loved and you loved your teachers and that's great. And you didn't care that they were shutting down charters throughout the state and that they were literally simultaneously cutting out charters completely from how we fund in this state. They've been coming for them for years, but now in March, when public schools, some of them were not able to make that switch quickly, parents went and did research and said, okay, well, I'm going to join this charter here and I'm going to enroll my kid. And they think that, oh my gosh, we've solved the problem. Come fall, they found out that that charter is not funded anymore because of the way the funding structure is. And now they're all in up in arms. I said, but you, you know, I've literally, literally said to people, well, you didn't care before when they were coming after that set of students that those parents really wanted that charter for their kids. But now you care because it's affecting yours. So I think the long game is, is we need to look around and say, okay, we need to care about, you know, other things than just the ones that affect our immediate family in our backyards. And how do we protect the small businesses that maybe isn't your small business? Let me back up a little. Okay, you both, you and Brian, tell, tell tell everyone what his his role is in California politics. First, he's state senator. State senator for the same district, correct? For district one, so he represents almost a million people. It's like nine eighty, I think, and then um, mine's um, less than a million, uh, less than a half a million. So. His district goes into um, Sacramento, El Dorado counties. Um, he doesn't have Butte anymore in his district. So, so not the same um, district, but similar. It's almost the same. His it's basically he took the assembly district one and added to it, added more counties to it, southern counties, and then took out that little bit of Butte that was that I have. So I guess the question could be asked, are you guys doubling up your efforts or is there are you doing different yeah, we are we're our our teams work together so if there's an issue um we definitely so on my we have a new a newer staff as far as new to the the district and so like the edd i mean literally hundreds of edd calls have flooded our district offices so our what, staff what, what are what are edd calls oh, so the, um employment development department so unemployment claims that are not been closed so people have gone you know three four months without getting their unemployment so they call my office or brian's office and then our staff will work together to close those cases that's what they call casework so if you if a constituent calls you and say i have a problem with the dmv or i have a question about my water district locally or you know any any number of things that they call that we call that casework so they our staff on both sides work through those things and they work closely together to help um, manage those. So, and that's why we're building a team. It's, it's been a little bit more difficult, obviously, because we're not, we can't be together in person and put some of those structures in place, but we will, we'll, we'll have it down um, by January. Just, you know, it doesn't make sense for my staff to be working on something and then Brian's staff to be working on the same issue and Brian's staff has most of them have been with him for eight years so they have a lot of um, just historical knowledge on how to you know work through things so it has been really it has been very effective and we can cover more ground just literally it's a huge district um, 
and talk to more people. And and I, I, I like the fact that people, if they've talked to Brian's office, they assume they've talked to mine, you know? So we just have to make sure that we close those, those um, loops sometimes, you know, that everybody's communicating well with each other. <laughs> gotcha. Um, what, you know, looking back again, I probably should ask these questions in the beginning, but here we are. Um, your life was already busy. Mm -hmm. You could have just said, let someone else do this. You know what? And and you may have touched on this. So forgive me if I'm asking them a a duplicate, duplicate question, but you could have just, you know, I just need to raise my kids and I don't have time. You know, you know, why you, why not someone, Um, why you, (laughs) well, or is that a whole nother episode? No, I don't think it's, I no. I, yeah, it's sure. There's definitely, there's days right now. I'm like, why am I even putting myself through it? You know what I mean? Like I could come, I was just thinking this morning, I'm like, okay, Chase wants to come home when he's done at Cal Poly and raise hops. That's what he wants to do. And Reagan wants to kick off his birdseed business and, you know, Rosalind's um, 11. So she still has, you know, a lot of school ahead of her and to finish and, I don't know. I just, we looked around and I thought, wow, there was so much work to be done still. And Brian had laid the groundwork for so many, so great legislation like forest management and um, just having those teams built out in the district. And I've watched other members come in, you know, two-year terms where they're only there two years and they get beat or, or move on to the Senate or whatever the scenario is. And they have to like start that process all over again. And every time you do that, your constituents lose because it's like, you know, starting a career again and then you have to, okay, it's going to take me a good year to get, you know, my feet under me. I need to build a team. We need to figure out how we're going to message. And that just, that wasn't the case for me. I I knew because I'd, I'd helped Brian and I'd been with the process for those eight years that, I could just step right into it and we could continue on with the work of the constituency. And so that was like a really big driving force for me that there was still so much to be done. And then as January hit and it was just crazy. I was just asked recently, what are your you know top priorities? And they're all the same. They're just more urgent. You know, my passion for rural, for rural education, like broadband issues for our kids out in these outlying areas to make sure that they're getting the education that they need in wildfire management and it's urgent now like it isn't if we're going to lose a town it's when in these outline areas and so public safety now more than ever we need to be supporting our law enforcement because they they keep us safe not just from crime but from wildfires as well they're right in the right in it so um I, I don't know I just felt a real sense of urgency to do it and a lot of prayer and confirmation and um, just confirming, confirming, confirming for probably about a year. And I ignored it for a long time because it would have just been um, fine to run our business and take care of our kids and be here, you know. Um, so it called you. It did. And it chased me down because um, Brian had, he was, he was definitely a lot more sure that I should do it for a lot longer than I was. <laughs> that's normal we doubt ourselves more than other people do yeah and I was like I don't know am I you know anyway but once but my personalities once I made the decision then I was all in and gonna just pour everything I can into it and 
But the biggest thing we've always said from the beginning of Brian running at the assembly, we will be married. We will still like each other and our kids aren't going to, you know, feel it in the sense that they're still going to be grounded in their family and our faith. And I'm proud of us. We've done that. We've, we've kept our foundation really strong and all of our staff knows that those are the goals and this will all be you know, like a little blip in your history of your life, but your family is the most, you know, you know, our faith, our family, we don't miss church on Sunday. We just, that's our safe place. And um, so we've kept that. We've been really, really good about keeping our foundation. In terms of like the time commitment, like how often are you required to be in Sacramento, both of you? So when we're in session, it's a Monday through Thursday. So every uh, week, and and for how long? How long does this session? It's like seven months out of the year. So you go January to June. um, There's two year cycles. So in one year, you'll go January to June, have the month of July off, go back for August, be done at the end of August, and then you don't go back until January. And then the the two year cycle, then you go until the middle of September, you go back in August, but you go till the middle of September. So um, it's uh, it's like a seven month, you know, Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday commitment that you're in session, but then you're out in the district, those other, the other times, you know, that you might not be in session in Sacramento. So it's, I mean, it's a full, full-time job. It's not a- um, Yeah, not some- you know, hobby. No, it's a full-time job. And because, you know, the, the, you know, we could get a lot of people, oh, you're not out in the district enough, or you can't, you haven't been to this place. You haven't been to that place. Well, it's 25,000 square miles. I mean, some you didn't show up at my house, Megan, come on. I know. And so, I mean, I get that. They want to see you. They want to know that they want to get to know you. They want to, you know, but it's, we're, we're also same goes back to that same conversation. Do you want a representative? Do you want just a politician or do you want somebody that's actually in the same things you're in? Do you want someone who is raising children in this environment, in this state so that they truly understand what you're going through as a parent? Do you want someone who owns a business? I, I spend every Saturday I just printed, you know, 20 checks today and I was stuffing my, you know, paying my bills before we got on, you know, this today. And so it's like, we have employees, we're farmers. We have, we have a whole business. We have trucks, you know, we have semi trucks. So, so do you want someone that understands all of those things or do you want somebody that's literally going to be at every event? And telling you what you want to hear. Right. So do you want somebody that really understands the issues that you face in business with your family, you know, all like the environmental impacts, like carb. I mean, I can just go on and on, you know, all these things that we, we know personally about, so we can actually speak to those things when we're in Sacramento or when we're talking to colleagues. Um, Do you want that? Or do you want somebody that attends every one of your events? Because it's a it's a balance. I mean, you have to balance those things. In your experience and Brian's experience with being, you know, in the soup, for lack of a better term, knowing all these other uh, representatives that are trying to do the same thing you're doing, do you feel like 
some of them, the majority, all of whatever are, are in it for, for genuine, they truly want to make a difference or, or are there some that are just there for their own? I mean, what do you, I don't even know if I'm asking. Um, question, when you watch, I feel like people watch, are there for the right reasons. I think people always start for the right reasons. Absolutely. But I think they also, it's who they're around, you know, what, what their bubble they live in. You know, so very often we talk to members across the state and, you know, so during COVID is a perfect example. You add up all of the cases we've had in the nine counties, it's equivalent to Sacramento County. So when you say that to other members who they're like, oh, you don't wear a mask all the time where you live. I'm like, my nearest neighbor is... (laughs) you know, a half a mile from me or Modoc County who went months without a single case, you know, it just doesn't look the same for us. And so I think that that, you know, their, their agendas or their policies are driven by what they look and see around them and the same for us, but you watch the votes. There's a lot of votes, like even at the end of session that are um, people lay off of because if they voted which is a no vote if you lay off, but they're, they're playing the game, you know, they're playing the, whatever environmental group will be hit on the Dem side, you know, whatever environmental group will hit them because they didn't vote for something or, you know, banning single use plastics or, you know, whatever the, whatever the, the issue of the is, issue of the day, the issue of the day is, you know, but you watch and yeah, they're absolutely, they're like, is this vote going to hurt me? Is this vote going to be on a mailer? Is this vote going to be why somebody comes in and IEs against me, independent expenditure? Are they going to, you know, drop a big bomb of a half a million dollars IE on me because I took this vote? So yes, there's, that's, that's the game. That's keeping your job. But there's definitely people in that are elected that are all, this is the only, this is the best job they've ever had. Brian says it all the time and it's true and I'm watching it. This is the best job they have ever had and they'll do anything to keep it. So. um, Which is good and bad. Which is good and bad. And I've had conversations recently with um, women's caucus members and, you know, we all should be able to vote our districts and vote our districts without being um, beat up for it by a colleagues in your own party or across the aisle. If you're voting your district, that's what you should be doing. You're the voice of your people. So if I don't vote for something, it's interesting that they were like, why didn't you vote for that? Don't you care about, do you care about kids? Don't you care about our environment? And I have to, you know, I have to say this, I'm voting, I'm voting my district. So I don't know why you're in my face right now. Yeah, that's interesting because it's like, it's almost like a popularity club, isn't it? Oh, for sure. It's like high school, honestly, a lot of it. And I've, I've been, a, I definitely have been an observer this session in the sense that I know a lot of, I mean, some, some members I've known my whole marriage because they were county supervisors when Brian was and um, just trying to find kind of my place. I definitely haven't found a place in the women's caucus yet because there's only six conservative women out of 38 in the women's caucus and um i've gone to some of their um retreats and but honestly i don't i don't fit there so um because i don't 
see the world the way they do. And um, I push back on that some. I mean, I was, the, I was, when I was elected, I was the 38th woman elected in the state. I broke a record, the most women ever elected. And nothing, it was like crickets because I'm a Republican woman. Who You're was, conservative, you know, that's. Yeah. You if I had been a Democrat, if I'd been a Democrat, it would have looked. So like, what does that tell you about like standing for women? Is it only standing for women that look and sound and care about things you can care about? Or you really want to stand for all women? No, it's, it's the first. It's. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I've been really honest in my conversations. Like why, why I'm not going to be, I don't have a problem being a token Republican in a bipartisan room. If it means it's going to bring broad broadband internet to my district. Because yeah. I want to say that they're working across the aisle, but I'm certainly not going to be the token Republican woman so that you can say you can fundraise off the fact that we're a bipartisan group. Yeah. Just just be honest, people. It's not hard. We learned all this in kindergarten. Don't yeah, and I'm and, and I care about all the same things you care about. I just get I just want to get there differently. You know, I care about access to health care. I care about daycare, you know access to daycare for our children. I care about, you know, a great edu public education for all, you know, all those things. But because I'm pro-life, literally that takes me out of their, out of the discussion. You're just a hater. That's what you Yeah, mean. because I won't vote for women, which is a ridiculous thing to say. I have a 10-year-old daughter. Like, I won't vote for women. It's, it's just, it's, it's rising something up inside of me, which I think is really good because I'm I'm being much more bold and talking to my conservative women friends and telling them we have to do better. We have to do better of telling our story and redefining yes. what that means to be conservative. Conservative, if you look up the definition, it's like unchangeable, won't, you know, won't change, which is won't, unmovable. It's just a ridiculous, and I sent it to my, some of my friends that we've been talking about this issue very deeply. And they're like, that's not who we are. I'm like, no, it's not who we are. We, it is not who we are. And we've allowed them for lack of better quotations to define what it is to be a conservative woman. And I want to change that. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm kind of baffled at the moment, but well, it's just true. I mean, and people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear these conversations, you know, like they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear. I was just did a virtual round table with women and you, you can watch their faces even through Zoom. Like, what is it like to be a part of the Women's Caucus? I'm like, I don't really, <laughs> I'm trying to find the point here, you know, of because I, is there no place for me? Cause I'm a Republican but I'm a woman. It's just very interesting. It's, and because of that, it is, it's definitely stirring something in me, which is good. We all need to be um, stirred into moving forward in a way that brings others with you. Yeah. We're so into our labels, you know, and I, well, I, and we I, allow people to put labels yeah, on us. Yeah. I mean, just like you asked me about like people saying, well, your husband handed it to you. You know, I'm, I'm just not going to take that label. I mean, they can say it, but it's not true. And they can say all kinds of things, but it's not who I am. And it, it, 
I often think it's so interesting because I mean, you know, you, you know, my dad, I was, I wasn't raised by someone that told me I couldn't do anything because I was a girl (laughs) and I'm certainly not married to somebody like that at all. So it's been really interesting to listen to like pushback about, we have to do, you know, like women empowerment, but that only means they're women not ours. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we want to be all, we're all inclusive and, and diversity, but only if you think like us, that's only if you, theme. that's yeah. been for so long. It's, it's so sad. Yeah. It's so sad. Cause we just, we're, we're so busy labeling each other and putting each other in boxes and then name calling and, you know, it's just talk radio news, all this name calling. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, how will we stop doing that and just try to get to know each other and try to, at the very least, understand someone who thinks differently than you do or across the aisle at least try to understand them and you know it's easy to put them in these boxes behind your keyboard or social media but i think someone who you vehemently disagree with if you met them in person it would be a different situation than if you were doing it through email or text right because you see that they're human they're human they're trying to figure it out the same way you are usually right and they're trying to navigate all of these things, just QR. Yeah. And so I think that's been probably when asked, people have asked me like the, one of the biggest things that you've come up with. I think that's it. You know, I didn't really think that being a conservative woman would, and there's things I'm going to vote for because I am a woman that are going to be different than maybe my caucus. And even trying to explain that to some of my caucus members, they are like bewildered by that. I don't know what that means. Well, I'm a woman and I look at things differently through a different lens than you do. I'm just going to. (laughs) That's part of it. Weird. Weird. It's very weird because I think, um, I don't know, just because a lot, well, first of all, a lot of them know me for a long time. They've hung, you know, been with Brian and I hung out a lot, know our kids. And so, and I'm pretty, you know, no, no nonsense about my personality just kind of telling you I hope with some tact but (laughs) so when I push back on that they're kind of like what what do you mean you're not just going to vote the caucus recommendation well because I actually really care about juvenile justice and I think we should put money into kids that are 12 to 18 year olds before we're paying for them in the prison system you know, I think we should do things differently. I think we should be talking about that as a party. Let's, let's figure out how to make people producers and not takers. And, you know, but that goes against what maybe the party line thoughts are. Well, there's your hate speech again. How yeah. dare you expect and want people to be <laughs> responsible for their actions? I know. That's not the way this works. No, and then if you, I've met with these, with a group of kids in Susanville that were um, in a group home situation and, you know, they're, it's a juvenile detention center. I mean, they get to go to school, but it's, you know, pretty limited and they have no hope. There's no hope in their faces. And when you ask them, well, what are you going to go do? Sell drugs? I'm like, that's a terrible plan. You're going to end up back in, you know, in prison. Me. That's pharmaceutical but, distribution engineer. Yeah, and they don't, and they, yeah, but they just, they have no hope. It's the, the thought of like, you know, did you know that um, community colleges are free now? You know, they just don't, they don't know because they weren't, first of all, I'm sure their upbringings were really hard and difficult. And, but, you know, just, they get it. Should I put $10,000 into you now? Should we invest $10,000 into you now? Or should we be paying 70 or whatever the cost now is to put you in prison? hundred grand for prison, yeah. You know, like what's the cost effective thing and they're like oh the 10,000 like yeah I would say 
that's probably a better use of our money. The old ounce that's of prevention is a pound worth a pound of cure. Yeah, and, um, statement. But that definitely goes against some of the, you know, toe the line. Yeah. Votes, I guess. So it'll be interesting as things come and votes come to me and I do things that people don't expect out of a Republican, I guess there'll be a lot more conversations and how dare, how dare you be merit-based on ideas? You're screwing, you're screwing up the whole system. You know that. I know it's gonna, it was an interesting end of session. Cause they're like, what, what'd you do? What'd you do? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I just tell my staff, you'll just have to cover me cause I'm going to do what I'm going to do. <laughs> do you, I guess, yeah, I guess do you spend a lot of time just explaining why you do what you do? Cause people, cause it's, you know, um, I do, I've, I've started do, doing more pushing back a little bit more on like Facebook or something because people will say, like I said, you know, why did you vote for that? Well, I did it because I'm not in Congress or why did you vote for reparations, which I didn't, um, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. So there's, there is some of that, but there's a lot of it that people, it won't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, people, when I first ran, it's like, you're, you're not a, you're not a, you don't believe in the second amendment. They just said that they just, my own party, people who were, you know, not for me running just perpetrated that rumor and it just spread and spread and spread. And, you know, well, you don't have a CCW. I'm like, no, I don't yet, but Brian does. And, you know, you know what I mean? Like just, it doesn't have to be whether it doesn't have to be truth in this world anymore. Right. There can just be a rumor. And they can put it on Facebook and blast it out and share it out to everybody in their contact list. And then all of a sudden you aren't a second amendment rights supporter. It's funny. I it's funny never, how people are. Never said that <laughs> ever one time. You know, ever con one context time. and taking things out. It's, it's easier. Or if you didn't say it, I noticed in your video, but on your website, you did not touch on this, this, or this. You must not care about this, this, or that. Well, I had a minute and a half to, to say all the things. Yeah, <laughs> because you didn't touch on my subject and you're, yeah, screw you. Yes, that I care only about this one issue. <laughs> <laughs> And then you have, you know, and then I have, I mean, I've had those conversations like, look, I'm, I have to look at this, like all constituency, how can we, you know, cover all of the things that everybody needs and you're not, you can't, you can't That's um, not a, it's not a, it's not a possibility. So, and you know, the, I pay you to do that job. Well, that's true. Your taxes are going to the general fund and then, you know. You work for me. You work for me. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, we could go on and on, but I'm going to wrap this up here. Um, two final questions. What, well, is there something that you, you know, you hope people get out of this interview that maybe I haven't, you know, maybe a question that I haven't asked and then what's, what's the big, like what's next for, for, Brian and Megan Daly, you know? <laughs> um, I think there is hope. I think there's, there's something on the other side of all this crazy, there really is. And that people need to be, you know, I hope they hear the, the urgency in being involved, the urgency in like actually knowing how the system works. And if you don't like it, there's ways to change it. 
and you should care about it. You should care about it all the time, not just this November. You should care about it and not just because it affects your own family or your own backyard. It's because it's, we're a community of pe people and we shall, you know, work together for the best interest of all of us. And there's ways to do that. And I think that, you know, politicians are people. I know that they have like, like we, you know, our kids are like, oh dear, they know who we are, you know, but they don't really know us and that's okay. But there's still, there's still a person beside, behind the mailer. There's still a person, but you know, behind the Facebook post or the whatever, whatever it is, you know, you have to remember that even if you took Brian and I out of the, the out of this scenario, and eventually we will, we'll turn out and that won't be, you know, the case anymore. And you'll put somebody else in there. They're still, they're a person, you know, with a family and businesses or what, whatever it is. And so I think that we need to get back to, to um, feeling like they're not just a face and not just something, like you said, you can hide behind your computer and just beat the tar out of somebody. It's easy. It's easy in your safe home to, to, um, to do that. But those people are working for you and working really hard, I, even across the aisle. Like, like I said, my colleagues, I may not agree with what they're doing or how they see it, but they believe it, right? They believe their agenda. They believe their policies. And so, you know, politicians are people and you, I guess we just have to kind of remember that and it's a, I think it's important to know that for us we are real people in our community doing the, the hard work for our constituents all the time and what's next I have no idea perfect <laughs> Brian will be that's perfect you know I don't know we'll see we don't have any there is no there's no ultimate plan this is whatever God has us doing right now, and we'll continue to do it until it's not the plan anymore, you know? So. Are you familiar with, uh, I think it's from Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Brian has it in his office. Yeah. That, that to me, that's, that's powerful. And it's like, hey, I'm, I mean, you're doing it. You and Brian are in the arena. You're doing it. You're getting this, you're getting bloodied up. You're getting beat up, but you're doing it. And it's easy for someone on the outside to sit there and say, well, you're not doing it right. And I'm like, well, you know well, what? You have yeah. a chance to get in. You can come and play in this game too. Well, I tell people a lot, you know, before, before Brian was elected, I mean, he's always been elected our whole marriage, you know, like as a supervisor, but before he was elected, you know, I, I felt like we had a pretty big world. I mean, as far as like a, a friend circle, like people you could call on, our world's gotten real small on oh, who your real friends. Jim. Yeah. Real, real tight. We keep it real tight because we've been burnt and hurt so much. We keep it really, really tight. The circle of trust. It is very tight. <laughs> this, is, this is a meet the Falker moment right here, right? It, 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 it really shrunk. Let me just tell you, it really oh. shrunk on who you can trust and who's really for you. I've had this saying my whole life and I don't know if I came up with it or if it already existed and I stole it, but it's like <laughs> the friends you can count on, you can count on one hand with fingers left over. Yep. And, I've, yeah. and I, know, I know a lot of people, but true friends, that's a very small circle. It is a very small circle and you have, you have your, you have God and your faith and your, your, you know, Brian and I are, you know, he's my best friend. We're literally, so 
if you out, get added into our circle, it's a big <laughs> for us because we've been big honor. Really, it's, well, it's real, there's a lot of hurts there. Yeah. And so, well, you guys are, you know, you have opportunist, opportunistic friends, quote unquote. Oh yeah. That so you gotta wade through that. They see a, an opportunity yeah. for them to gain something from your acquaintance. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Which is sad because then you, you tend to not trust people, which you don't want to be that way either. No, you don't want to have, a, I, I don't want to be a pet, like always like <laughs> looking for some, you know, that ill intent you know, expecting but to get all the you time. Also have to, yeah. But you just have to be cautious. You can't, you, you know, we've let people in and we've been really burnt. And so someday, someday we'll be in a different space in our life and we won't have to worry if someone's going to put it out on a mailer or blast us on Facebook or, you know, make some comment about a conversation that they had with me that what they felt was awkward. And then they put it on Facebook. Like, I don't even mm. remember, you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Oh well, just keep being you. Yep, you got to you got to know who you are. Yep. Uh awesome. Well, Megan, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. this has been fun. Uh, yes, thank you. I'm Glad just, we made it this happen. Is, this is this is a dig on your husband. You're way more fun to talk to than he is. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> we love him. We love him. Oh yes. Yes. We will uh, keep him. Yes. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. 